What's up? What's up? How's everybody doing? My name is Miles. I'm the pastor of the Rock. Welcome to church. If you are a visitor, can we, can we raise your hand so we can celebrate you? God bless you. Let's go, visitors, a hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Can I ask all y'all to stand up? And we want to welcome all our campuses out there. Um, if you are a visitor, we are starting tomorrow our third week of our fast. And uh, amen. Can I get an amen? All the people fasting. So everybody's losing weight, feeling all good. Your pants are all baggy now. Uh, and I, <clears throat> I'm confident that if you are in your fast, whatever you're fasting, that God is speaking to you more clearly. Uh, I pray that uh, what he says to you in your fast that you live when you come out of your fast. Um, if you've never fasted before and, and you really have given up a lot of your food, when you start eating again, you are going to feel discouraged. You're going to feel like the presence of God left you. That's all a lie. He hasn't left you. Um, um, but you, it's going to feel that way. So I'm just going to prepare you. Uh, but I want to encourage you more than anything to write down what he's saying to you now. Because when you come out of your fast, you're going to forget it not want to do it. You're not going to feel it anymore. And we're so driven by feeling, but we want to be driven by faith and fact. And so write it down. He's, he's going to tell some of you don't give up that food, give up those shows, give up those habits. Stop lying. Tell the truth. Read your Bible. Go to church. Give, serve. All the stuff that we've been talking about. He's going to tell you all that stuff. Okay. And if you just do it, you'll be fine. Uh, so anyway, and how many of y'all feel like, you know what, I wish I had a intimate group of people that I can meet with on a regular basis, whether it be all guys, all girls, or, or, or co-ed, and that I can talk to about God and my relationship with God. Anybody would love to have that? Raise your hand really, really high, really high, really high. Very good. You can text the word D groups or R groups to 52525. We would love to have you start a group, be in a group, so you can actually be participate and have people in your, in your life that you can talk to, that can talk to you and encourage you and challenge you in your faith. Amen? Amen. Are you all ready to be challenged today? Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. I pray you open our eyes that we may see you more clearly. Open our heart that we may obey you more faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give someone a high five next to you. Give someone a high five. Get your Bibles out, church. Get your Bibles out, church. What's up, everybody in the military out there? How, God bless y'all. Get your Bibles out, church. Amen. Get your Bibles out. On the count of three, say word. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think this is hard, so I'm not going to change. <laughs> it's one, two, three. I just don't think that's hard. I just don't think that's hard. And, and, and I'm going to tell you what it means on a real, what it means is that people aren't really paying attention. That's what it really means. I mean, I'm serious. And so, because listen, when I go sit in other churches and, you know, my mind goes here and I come back, my mind goes here. I get it, okay, but, but still. On the count of three, <laughs> say word. <laughs> One, two, three, say word. <laughs> Very good. John chapter 5, John chapter 5. <clears throat> I'm glad I don't lose sleep when people don't listen. 
<laughs> I would never sleep. <laughs> so happy, so happy, so happy. Um, John chapter 5. I am in two weeks starting a preaching class. It's going to be eight weeks long and we have a group of our pastors and some people that they've identified in the church to go through the class. I'm going to do it repeatedly. So I would love to open it up to a lot of y'all that feel like you want to preach. But we're going to do this first semester. And in the class, we're going to talk about how to structure a sermon, how to prepare for a sermon, how to deliver the sermon, what to look at in the room, things you should do before the sermon, everything that at least I can think of that I think is they can grasp and do to deliver a message. And part of the class is to go and listen to other speakers, uh, me on Sunday, whoever, and not only evaluate to grade them, but to look for certain things and learn from it based on what they learn in the class. And one of those things is the introduction, what I'm doing right now. And I'm going to say the first thing you need to say is introduce yourself. I don't care how many times you've been in a place. I've been, I uh, started this church 20 years ago. I'll be 20 years in February. I still introduce myself. Why? Because there are people here who are first time. They don't know who I am. I come out there and say, hi, Pastor Miles. Now, some of you may think, why is he saying his name? We know him. You might, but they don't. So always introduce yourself. And the other thing is you want to tell a story, which I'm doing right now, that will lead to what the sermon's about. So when the introduction's over, you should know who the person is. And some will feel comfortable that they can deliver this message that you're interested in. And that they're going to talk about something that's interesting to, to you. In other words, give people a reason to listen. Because just because you're going to talk from the Bible doesn't mean people want to hear it. Can I get amen? Amen. Very good. So uh, you have to watch him or her. Watch them. Pay attention to the person speaking and look for these things. Now... Last week we started a series called 24-7 where we talked about face-to-face intimacy with God is 24-7. Morning, noon, and night. Last week we talked about how to establish face-to-face intimacy in the morning. If you weren't here, I gave you a structure, a format that you can use to pray, to empower you to pray for an hour, two hours, for as long as you want. We gave you a structure. It is a guide, not a formula. And so we talked about how can you be intimate in the morning. Today I want to talk about how you can be intimate, face-to-face intimacy with God during the day. So you have to wake up in the morning, you have your Bible time. We talked about that last week. Today when you're going to work, driving to school, walking around campus, whatever it is, how can you maintain face-to-face intimacy during the day? In order to do that, you have to ask God three questions. That's what we'll talk about today. John chapter 5, John chapter 5, Jesus heals this paralyzed person. He was paralyzed 38 years and ironically Jesus goes up to the guy and says, do you want to be well? Now wouldn't you think someone who's been paralyzed 38 years, if you ask them do you want to be well, they would say yes, can I get amen? You, You say amen, I think it's simple, but I think when I think of the people who come to church over and over, over and over again, who are dealing with the same problem over and over again, and God says just give it to me and you don't. God asks you all the time, hey, I can change that in your life. I can change that in your life. And we have to at some point say yes. So today is going to be a challenge for some of you to say, Lord, I'm ready. Now, that's not what the story is about. Jesus heals the guy. He picks up his mat and he starts walking. But it's on the Sabbath day. He's not supposed to carry anything. So the religious say, who told you to carry your thing? Eventually he says, it was Jesus. He healed me and told me to pick up my mat. And so they wanted to kill Jesus. And Jesus says something that is going to teach us the key, the foundation to have an intimacy with God 
all throughout the day. Look what it says in chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son, Jesus, can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. Everyone say, I need to see what the father is doing. If you want to maintain, establish, maintain, walk in the presence of God, face-to-face intimacy with God, it is not about just hearing his voice. It's about watching what he is doing and saying, God, I want to participate in what you're doing. Jesus says, the miracles that I do, I'm doing because that's what my father is in the process of doing. And I am in connection with that, those acts, those miracles, those acts of God. And for you and I, as we walk around, it is one thing to get up in the morning, pray, get a word, read something, read it, you know, Oswald Chambers, fabulous. Read it all day long. But what is it going to do in your life? It has to lead to you actually becoming more like Jesus, which actually means you doing things that Jesus does, saying things that Jesus does, but Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. So in order for us to maintain intimacy with God, we're going to ask God three questions. And again, this is not the only way you do this, but we're going to ask God three simple questions throughout the day. Question number one, God Connect my heart with what you are feeling towards them or anybody you come in contact with. Turn to Matthew chapter 14. God, connect my heart. Matthew 14. Connect my heart with what you are feeling towards every person you come in. Imagine if every person you met, you said, God... What's going on in their heart? Um, we all have billions of neurons in our brain. Neurons are brain cells. Your skin cells are called epithelial cells. You have all, in your intestines, you have columnar cells. They're like little columns. And that's how they digest your food. I'm getting scientific on you, but I like it. So just bear with me for a minute. And then you have, you have all kinds of different cells in your body. And in your brain, you have neurons. Those are called brain cells. Brain cells have different functions. All different kind of brain cells have different functions. And one of the group of brain cells you have are called mirror neurons. Mirror neurons enable you to mirror what's going on in someone else's heart. Oh, come on, Jesus. Someone say, Lord Jesus. So let me, let me break it down. Let me break it down. Let me break it down. You can actually look at someone in their eyes and actually have empathy fellow feeling with them. They, you, could say, you could say to them, how are you doing? And they could say, I'm fine. But something in your mind says that's not the truth. You can actually feel their pain. And not only see it, but mirror it. I, teach, I use this when I teach about relationships because... I have this sermon called X-Men. It's about relationships. And it's called X-Men because if you don't do what's in the sermon, you're going to become someone's ex. <laughs> it's a powerful message. It's powerful. <laughs> but it, but, but in, the, in the sermon, I talk about how God wired us to be one. A man and a woman to be one. Physically, emotionally, neurologically. 
that you are actually wired into someone's brain. Whole nother topic. However, one of the ways we get wired as one is with mirror neurons where you can actually mirror what's in someone's heart. Look at look, 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 look what Matthew says. Matthew chapter 14. When Jesus heard it, 14 verse 13. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, to the multi- went out, he saw a great multitude. He was moved with what? Compassion. And he healed their sick. He was moved. It bothered him. He felt their pain. Does it bother you to see people mistreated? No matter your political bent, or do your politics allow some people to be mistreated and others not? That's when you know your politics are a problem to you. Does it bother you to see people suffer and be done wrong? It should bother you. Now, you may be saying, so. I'm trying to make life happy. I want to go on vacation. I ain't trying to carry no one. I got enough problems on my own. And man, I'm so glad Jesus didn't feel that way towards me. I'm in heaven. Why am I going down there to deal with miles of stuff? I'm in heaven. Why am I going to deal with your stuff, your stuff, your stuff? So our, our goal is not to separate from pain. Our goal is to expand the kingdom of God. And that in deals carrying pain. And so pity looks down at people. Pity says, oh, feel, I feel sorry for y'all, which I'm glad Jesus didn't do. Compassion does this. It gets down. That's what Jesus came. He came down and bore our pain. He put on a body and dealt with all our junk. God gave you the ability to do that, not only with mirror neurons, but with a heart, with compassion, with a sense of love. And so if you ask God, with every person you came in contact with, God, show me what they're dealing with. Even the people who are treating you bad, hurt people, hurt people. Matter of fact, in, in, in February next month, I'm doing a whole series on forgiveness. We're going to get in some business. Because a lot of y'all, let me rephrase that, a lot of us, unforgiveness will literally make you sick. It will, it will bring pain on your body. And there is somebody you might need to forgive that has hurt you bad. Unforgiveness has spiritual implications. Whole another story. However, there's somebody who hurts you and they, they're a monster to you. We want to humanize them again. Because something might have happened to them. Lord, show me. Show me. And if you ask God that with sincerity, he will give you a glimpse. And now you can minister Little Christian means little Christ. Be like Jesus. That's what it means. It doesn't mean go to church, check the box, and go home. It means be like Christ. Say what Christ says. Think what Christ thinks. Love like Christ. Have compassion. Allow people to hurt you and bite your tongue like Jesus. So number one, if you want to have intimacy with God, let me tell you something. If you walk to work and say, Lord, show show me somebody that's hurting today that I can encourage, watch out. But let me tell you, when you do, you feel like Supergirl. (laughs) Superman too, okay. (laughs) Number two, show me the greatness, God. Show me the greatness in them. 
God, show me the greatness in them. What? You know that God looks at every single one of you and you are awesome. God looks at every single one of you and you are way more awesome than you could imagine. The Bible says that you are fearfully, wonderfully made, that you are marvelous. Everyone say, I am marvelous. <laughs> say, and say like you're, like, you're, like you're a grad student in Harvard. <laughs> I am marvelous. I was, I, was, I was driving through Haiti, um, uh, a town called Jeremy in Haiti, and this lady was walking down the street completely naked. And she was, had a I assume voodoo stuff in her hands. She was waving it and just talking to herself. And I could only assume, I did not meet her, that she was demon-possessed or some kind of demonization because, or mental ill, mentally ill. And she's walking down the street, just, you know, but she had some religious things she was doing. And the person with me said, you know, that's, that's what voodoo would do, blah, 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 blah. Can you imagine if we were driving, you were with me, and I said, she is going to be one of the most famous, well-known evangelists in history. You'll be like, you're crazy. Watch your mouth. Watch this. Turn to Mark chapter 16. You're like, what? Jesus spent 33 years on the earth. Three years of ministry, cast out demons, healed the dead, raised the dead, healed, paralyzed the blind, the blind, the lame, the, the, the deaf, the mute. He dies. He has 12 disciples, supposedly strong men of God. He gets killed. They all run and hide. They put him in a tomb. And he says, I'm going to rise in three days. His disciples, these brave men of God, all run and hide. And then the ladies come to the tomb first. <laughs> come on now, ladies. Come on now, ladies. <laughs> come on now, ladies. And all the disciples, the men of God are hiding. We don't know what they're going to do to us. And the ladies walk out. We're going to see what happened now, Lord and Savior. <laughs> come on, ladies. Can I get amen, ladies? <laughs> and one of them was the lady in Haiti. Not literally, of course. Matthew 16, Mark, Mark 16, verse 9 to 11. When he arose on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven demons. I'm going to read it again. When he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven demons. And she went and told those who had been with him, the disciples, as they mourned and wept. As they're crying like little. <laughs> she went, y'all won't believe it. <laughs> and when, he, when they heard that he was alive and that he, that she, he had been seen by her, they didn't believe her. They didn't believe her. Knuckleheads. Side note, a woman, oh, ladies aren't supposed to preach in church. A woman who had seven demons was the first person to declare Jesus was alive after he rose from the dead. What's the point? There's a whole women ministry issue we ain't going to talk about. However, if God, Jesus, can look at this woman 
and say, she got seven demons in her. But I'm going to use you in a powerful way. Imagine what he sees in you. Imagine what he wants to do in you. Now, I don't know if anybody in here has got seven demons, but let's try it. Let's, let's see. <laughs> and all the other campus, I want everybody just to shout out, Jesus is Lord. One, two, three. Okay, I don't think there's any demons in anybody. <laughs> Check us out. If God can do that, imagine what he would see in you and how he can use you. Now, the devil's all day long telling you, you're not tall enough, you're not short enough, you're not smart enough, you're not educated enough, you're not cute enough, you're not ugly enough, you're not cool enough, you don't have any rhythm, you don't have a sense of humor, you don't have, a lot, you don't have an intelligence, you don't have an education, you don't have an experience. And the devil's always telling you what you can't do. God says, I don't deal in can'ts, I deal in cans. You are my son, you are my daughter, you are fulfilled, forgiven, you are anointed, you are called, you are blessed, you have opportunity, you have power. And so the question is, what are you going to believe? But here's what God says. God says, I'm looking at something amazing that I want to do in your life. Beyond what you can ask or imagine. And so when you meet somebody, God, show me, show me the diamond in that person. Show me the diamond in that person. Show me the diamond in that person. Because God don't make junk. How many of you by a show of hands, if you feel led to raise your hand, don't feel obligated you feel like God doesn't see me? I don't feel like God has forgiven me. Anybody? Ever? Raise your hand. It's okay. I don't feel like sometimes I feel like God has forgotten me. Anybody feel that? Imagine if you just went up to somebody and said, God, what do you see in them? What do you want me to say to them? And God said, I want you to tell them it's going to be okay. That may be the difference between them jumping off the bridge and coming to church, staying alive, just because you're obedient. And, and, and let me tell you, a thousand, hundred thousand times over, I've lived that. I am saved because two hippies, God told them to talk to me. Random. And you may think it's not going to do any good. <laughs> two hippies in a department store came over to me and said, can we talk to you about Jesus? Cold call. <laughs> hey, you're talking about <laughs> knocking on a random door. They knocked on a random door and that door opened. And, and they came in. Number three, ask God to prompt you to fulfill the need. Lord, prompt me to fulfill the need. You are in the process of meeting every person you deal with, every person you meet. God is in the process of doing something in their life. Let me say it again. Every person you deal with, God is in, they are in process. They are either fighting against God or, or fighting against God in some form or fashion. But they're either running from God or, or they're like, okay, God, I think I'm going to do it. They're, go, they're not standing still. They're either going towards God or away from God. Something's happening. Every single person. So if you say, God, connect me to their pain, their doubt, their worries, their questions. Show, show me how you want me to interact. Lord, show me. Or, and show me what you have for them. Show me what you have for them. 
and Lord, prompt me to do something. How many of you, God asked you to do something and you said no? <laughs> okay, let me ask that a question again. If you're new to the Rock Church, here's how we do this. Okay. We're very interactive, you know, it's just not a one-man show. And so when we raise our hand, we take an elbow and put it above our ear. Okay, it's kind of hard to do, you know, without us seeing your hand. So if, if you feel like God told you to do something ever in your life, one time, and you said, okay, you just didn't do it, which is the same as saying no. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> you know, it's also the same as saying, God, I don't trust you. Another sermon. Elbow above the ear. How many of y'all, okay, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I feel loved. I feel loved. You're not alone. I'm not alone. Okay. I'm in Mexico at an event. I was a youth pastor and we had an event. I was a youth pastor at Horizon Christian Fellowship here in San Diego. And this, they had the crusade and then, then they had a healing tent. And I, I don't know how I ended up in the healing tent. I was in there praying. And this doctor calls me over. He says, hey, Miles, come on. I want to show you something. And this little girl had two holes, two ear canals. She had two holes in the ear. She was defo- it was a deformed. He was trying to explain to me what it was about. And God said to me, I want you to pray for her ears. Put a f- your fingers in her ears. In the Bible, God puts his fingers in someone's ears naked. And, and I'm like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> now. This was a long time ago, so I don't know exactly what transpired between me and God. So I'm going to embellish the story a little bit at this point. I said, I'm not doing that. That's a fact. And God said, excuse me? <laughs> he says, I want you to put your fingers in the ears and pray for her. Now, it's one thing to say, oh, dear God, uh, you know, man, they're hurting. Okay, well, I see that. Hope they're going to be okay. <laughs> it's another thing to say, God, man, you're hurting. You you okay? Yeah. Well, you know, and then to see something in them and say, yeah, I think God's going to do something in your life. And okay, cool. You know how I'm backing up? Okay. <laughs> it's another thing to say is, what do you want me to do? How many, now, I've been asking the last few weeks how many of you want supernatural stuff in your life. And you, a lot of y'all raise your hand. This is how it happens. You got to do something. You got to participate. You got to step out. Peter couldn't walk on water unless he stepped out of the boat. He can't be in the boat saying, I want to walk on water. Well, step out the boat. No, I don't want to do that, but I want to walk on water. No, step out the boat. But what if I sink? Well, what if you sink? Can you swim? Try it again. Um, so I put my fingers in the ears. Pray for her. Bam. I walk away. I don't remember. It's a blur. It's a long time ago. I do remember the, 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 the doctor called me back to show me her ears with somebody else. He was kind of like, here's clinically, here's what happens when this happens and you don't have this diet or whatever, what he was trying to, and I was like, whoa, her ears are healed, which they were. Can I get an amen? Her ears were healed. And I was like, doc, 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 her ears are healed. He's like, no, no, no. And he kept explaining the clinical thing that was happening the first time. I said, no, no, there's a miracle. He didn't see it. Literally, he came up to me when we got back to San Diego and says, I later saw it. I didn't see it when you were explaining it, but I later saw it. And now, I, I don't know what was going on with him. And maybe he, he pre, had a predisposition to close his eyes to what God was doing. I don't know that. But the point of the story is, when you ask God, prompt me to join you. And so when you meet somebody and God says, I'm healing their heartache, can you pray for them? 
This is intimacy with God. They want to kill themselves. Can you tell them I see them? This is intimacy with God. Can you lay hands on somebody in Starbucks when everybody's talking and drinking their coffee? What difference does that got to do with you? And the devil tells you, people want to look at you and think this, think this, that stuff is all overrated. I, I, I can't tell you how many people I pray for in public or, or pray for in general, or even on the phone, and they go, no one ever asked to pray for me. Do you know a lot of the people you know, they have never been asked to pray, be prayed for ever in their life? And you get to come here, you get to come here every week as long as you choose to and be prayed for. And, and people in your life have never, ever had someone think about this. We get emotional. There's people in your life who have never had somebody stand between God and them. And that's you. That's what you're here for. You are not here to come to this church. You are here to represent him. And all you have, and all the campuses have people in your life, if you just stop for a moment and say, God, show me what they're going through. How can I help? And when God whispers to you, you have intimacy. That's it right there. And when you obey him, you have intimacy. And when you partner with him, you and God are, you and God are like this. You're like this. But when you sit there and you go, okay, God, and you look right past it and you walk away, God's like, he's still there trying to do something. And you just walked away. Now, he walks with you and he's going, okay, we'll try again next time. But let me tell you something. Mark chapter 1, verse 42. A leper came up to Jesus and said, Will you, are you willing to cleanse me? In those days, you wouldn't even go within 30 feet of a leper. If the wind was blowing 30 feet, they would declare they were leprous. Because the lepros, leprosy was contagious. So you had to stay away from them. You couldn't ever touch them. And if the wind was blowing, you had to be 30 feet away because it could blow on you. And he came to Jesus and said, are you willing to heal me? And here's what Jesus said. Move with compassion. Everyone say compassion. Why? Because he felt his pain. The reason, the, the, the lesson of Jesus becoming a person is that he identifies with your pain. If you've ever lost a child, which I haven't, you say, how could God do this to me? Well, God didn't do it to you. But he feels your pain because he lost his child too. He says, Jesus was moved with compassion. And what did he do? He stretched out his hand and touched him. Father, prompt me to fill the need. You are in the process of meeting. Move my hand. Move my hand. So here's my encouragement to all of you and all the campuses. Before you get in your car this morning, Preferably before you leave the room that you're in right now. I just want you to meet one person you don't know. And ask them their name. And pause. Ask them how they're doing. Tell them God loves them. Or God sees them. Or God knows them, don't matter. That's ministry. 
It's ministry. Every now and then I hear of people who come to church. People want to complain about church, right? I've been here at church and no one talked to me. Now, I don't know how true that is, but I imagine it is because some people don't want to be talked to or they just get talked to. You know, we assume everybody's having a good time, so I'm in my own world. But imagine if we all made it our point when we came to church and when we left here, but start here, just say hi to somebody. How you doing? Because people come to church to bring problems so that they're hurting. This is where we want to minister to each other. Not let's go have Miles fix us. That ain't going to happen. But let's minister to each other. Can I get amen? So in a minute I'm going to pray. But my challenge to all of you before you leave, and we're going to remind you again, just one person. God sees you. And watch what it does here. Watch what it does to you. Watch the, you know, with two or more together, there's a presence of God. You have intimacy with the Father. In a minute we're going to pray because there's some of you in here right now. You're like, man, what about my pain? We want to help you. We want to lead you into a more intimate relationship with Jesus. I lead you in a prayer where you just admit, God, I need you. I acknowledge that you love me and that you know my pain. And that you died and rose from the dead to save my soul and to empower me to walk with you. So I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, thank you that you humbled yourself, became a man, and allowed sinful man to kill you for our sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Some of you might want to ask Christ to be your Savior right now. We're going to give you that opportunity. But there may be some of you in here, you just need a hand, a touch from God. You're discouraged. You feel alone. And God wants to love on you today. So I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me, whether you want to ask Christ to be your Savior or you just want to be encouraged today. It's a simple prayer of surrender. In the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I surrender my pain, my doubt, my fear, my sin. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he rose from the dead. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I surrender my life to you. Fill me with the Spirit of God, the Comforter. Thank you, God. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, the minute I'm going to ask you to stand if you prayed that prayer. And by standing, you are acknowledging your surrender to God, surrender of your life, your soul, your pain, your burden. So on the count of three, if you, stand, if you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet. One, two. Three, stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.
God bless you. God bless you.